hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again because why not? My dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's happening, fellas? You know, I've always loved it when people hang out with me because why not? <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. It should. Like, yeah, why not? Why not? Or I got nothing better to do. Exactly. Exactly. We want we want to keep you humble, Eric. Yeah. Or something along those lines, I suppose. I don't know. But but yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. For for you know, disclosing that to us cuz we're all friends here. I think. You're very welcome. Sweet. How about you, David? Sacagawea. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your soundboard mouth. <laughs> Look, that was just yesterday. Okay. And I know that you like in podcast world, it might not be yesterday. It might be tomorrow. It might be three years from now. But exactly. yesterday for me. And it was traumatizing and <laughs> and it was it it just I just I just I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. All right, Batman. Appreciate you. I'm glad that you're questioning everything because of a sound clip. This is fantastic. That's right. Hmm. And if you want to know the, if you want to know all about that, listen to <laughs> exactly. Listen to our book review, The Captain's Oath. There we go. Yeah. You should. It's like an inside joke that I don't get. Now, we talked about you two during the episode. You know, just really went in on you it. Know, you know, when when I listen to, it's funny, when I listen to episodes that I'm not on, you talk about me and you're like, Eric's screaming at us right now. <laughs> Pretty like, much. I, I mean, not really. I'm just casually mentioning the thing that you've forgotten. <laughs> I may or may not have raised my voice ever so slightly. It's fine. It was only 15 extra decibels. I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> might have clipped and everything it's fine <laughs> oh yeah yeah if y'all want to understand that little inside joke that eric is i guess not in on just yeah listen to the episode and you'll totally understand the reason why i play Sacagawea. all the time now it's a thing it's it's a it's a thing it's part of the show now it's been integrated We've added its biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. You know what I'm saying? Resistance is futile. It's actually permissible these days, David. It's not. <laughs> Unless you're one of the Gerardi Borg. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, good talk. Okay. Well, I mean, I saw David not too long ago, like because we were, you know, sitting down recording that thing, and. We were playing catch up on the last uh, Strange New Worlds review just a few days ago. So, I mean, I feel like I've been around you guys like almost every day this week. So, I don't really know how much has actually changed in just a few days or hours since I've seen y'all. But by all means, go for it. Take a stab at it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing. Got, got nothing. Okay. 
All right. Well, I mean, Star Wars Celebration is going on. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about Star Wars for a bit. Kenobi's out tomorrow. Mm. It's exciting stuff. Andor trailer came out. Yeah, they also a new series announced called like the Skeleton like, Crew. The Skeleton, Skeleton Crew. Yeah. It's 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 their Jude version Ball. of product, their live action product. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Four kids abandoned on a spaceship, trying to find a place to call home. I've with seen Dum- that before. With, with Dumbledore. All this has happened before. It will with happen Dumbledore? again. Jude Law. Yeah. Jude Law's in it. Jude Law played Dumbledore. In the Fantastic Beast movies. Oh. Man. Young Dumbledore. I, I but yeah. I was like, Michael Gambon is not in that. <laughs> <laughs> or and, so you think. And neither is Richard Harris. He's Richard Harris is definitely Richard not in it. Richard Harris is definitely yeah. not in it. Yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, Carrie Fisher was in Rogue One. Kind of. They, they, they can was, do things, right? She was also in Rise of Skywalker. Peter Cushing was in Rogue One, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> they can do things. They can do things. Yes, that is, that's very that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Between that and um, and uh, I know we were talking about it last time, but like Stranger Things season four part one, it's going to be like nerd heaven, like right now. So yay! Yeah, but, yeah, but with the long wait for Stranger Things, is it still like going to? going to be as big or capture people's attention because I've like forgotten about what happened in the last season something about a mall but I forget <clears throat> yeah because yeah. it's been three years if only there was a service that you could go and watch it instantaneously I know but some of us don't have time to rewatch. hold on everything hold on no 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 sir back the truck up no sir like oh i do i do these random star trek watch throughs almost every summer every year okay okay but but like there's difference there's (laughs) difference now right before i was just chilling on my own at home (laughs) on the couch with with no one no responsibilities and no one to want my time hmm right i'm 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 sorry that i want your time eric i'm so sorry (laughs) I know, right? When you were when you were a single bachelor, you could sit down and you could watch, you know, ten episodes of Star Trek a day and not think anything of it. It's not sad. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I remember. No, listen. I remember when season three of Stranger Things came out. Mm. I wanted to rewatch seasons one and two. So, but it ended up happening is I ended up watching season two and season three. In one day. It's not that hard, though. Well, it was 17 episodes of television. Mm. Yeah. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah. If we're okay, so if we're gonna talk about like binging for a second, when Michelle and I had been married for all of like a year or whatever, we just started watching Lost on Netflix. Like I never watched. I never watched it like while it was live on the air or whatever. And unbeknownst to us, like someone at our church was also like binging it like at almost the same pace that we were. And 
like you like if you've never seen Lost, like they just got the hook just right. They got they got it just right, and it's like, well, we got we got to keep watching. We got we got to see what we got to see what happens. We got we got to see what happens. And next thing you know, dude, like, you know, the sun's going down. In fact, the sun went down a long time ago, and you're like 10, 11 episodes in without even real, realizing it. Like, what am I doing with my life? And yeah, that was that was that was my wife and I. Yeah, I mean, I watched Lost the same way. I I. I watched Lost in like eight days or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like over, it's like 115 episodes of television. I like didn't leave my house for a week. <sighs> I couldn't get past the first season. Sorry, boys. Well, the, first season is its be- the first season is its best season. Couldn't do it. Wasn't interested. Mm. Sorry. Couldn't do it. Just like throw monkey wrenches in your little bro fests. Oh. Well, we're now looking for a new. It, I don't know what it was about it. Just couldn't couldn't get into it. All right. Well, now Lost podcast coming twenty twenty six. There we go. It'll be it'll be David's first time watch through. Let's I go. The, vet, the veteran watch, the rookie watch. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't want. We're doing well, Eric. What are we doing? We're doing the uh, the Bauer Power Hour in twenty twenty four. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, the Hour of Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we need like someone that's actually keeping track of like all our like crazy ideas for podcasts and like see what happens. Like we'll do spinoffs. It'll be great. No one will listen. Like maybe like two people. It'll be great. If you, if anyone listening, if anyone actually listens to our podcast and you like want one of these like crazy podcast ideas, let us know. We may or may not do it. Just saying. <sighs> well, apart from from uh, streaming services popping out some some new uh, shows and or, like some returning shows or whatever, right now, uh, we are in a um, a long weekend. Uh, it's a holiday weekend here in the United States. Uh, Memorial Day weekend where we um, um, honor, at least we should be honoring, uh, the men and women of um, our military that made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Um, and I know this is typically uh, seen as like the, the unofficial start of summer for a lot of a lot of folks, but for others it's a much more somber time. So um, I just want to say um, to any of the Gold Star families, um, out there, uh, um, I see you, um, and uh, uh, we're with you um, on that. Um, I'm part of a Gold Star family myself, so um, this is more than just you know hot dogs and sprinklers and stuff like that. Um, so um, it's more than just you know discounts on furniture. So um, don't think a veteran because that's Veterans Day. Uh, go visit. Go visit the fallen and uh, pay your respects. That's all I'm going to say about that. So now that I've completely brought the vibe down, we do probably should be talking about Star Trek. So let's let's talk Trek. All right, everyone. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're going into spoilerific territories. We talk about Star Trek: Strange New World, Season One. Episode four, can you believe it? Memento Mori. And uh, I just said this thing about uh, Memorial Day. And 
this episode really is like a Star Trek version of Memorial Day for the most part, or at least kind of how they, they start off, um, especially with what uh, Pike is saying in the beginning. Um, uh, what was it? Um, La'an starts off with a security officer's log, which I did not forget. So there we go. We have, we've been having consistent logs, guys. Consistent logs. Yeah, but our star date is way messed up again. <laughs> There's like 3,100. Yeah, 3,177.3. Uh, 3, there we go. Yeah. Enterprise is currently en route to deliver an atmospheric pressure uh, processor upgrade to Finibus 3. Without our assistance, the air on this remote colony will become unbreathable in a matter of weeks. To prepare for our arrival, we pause to honor Starfleet Remembrance Day. So the Starfleet, the Federation version of Memorial Day, basically. And we have a little address from Pike, and everyone's wearing, like, little, um, like, lapel pins um, placed just above their delta. Um, I want some of those pins. Like, I know we had, um, like, we got, like, a really nice close-up of Laon's, right? Um, but, like, people had, like, like, it was even, like, stated, like, at different points, like, uh, you know, wearing a pin for... Like um, like a past ship or something that you've served on, if I heard that correctly, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see some high res like grabs of like some of the different lapel pins, and I I mean I want to get some. I'm like I thought they were like really nice. Um, like even if like you're just like put them like on display or something. I just I like I like the idea. I like the sentiment of it. I think it's pretty neat. So I don't know what y'all what y'all think of this whole, you know, m- Remembrance Day that they're they're kicking this episode off with. I mean, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool, uh, in its way. I, I guess the only, the only thing that I, I thought about is like, are, are we just, are, are we just remembering like our, like what, what exactly was the, was the, the remember? Cause like you equated to Memorial day, but like, we're talking about like past ships like past ships that something happened on just a past ship that you were on yeah i think like, that, I like think if, if i didn't want to remember my old ship could i just wear enterprise's little uh thing pin thing mm-hmm. i think it, they said it was for ship a ship that you had served on that somebody had passed away oh is that okay yeah so okay. like if i makes more sense if i if i'm on the enterprise now at the beginning of this episode but no one has passed away since I've been on the Enterprise, then I can't wear the Enterprise pin. I have to wear a pin from a previous ship that I was on. I don't know how spelled out it was, but yeah, like that's the, I mean, yeah, that is the general idea of like someone that you served with that, that was lost in the line of duty basically. So whether it was the USS Reliant, it was the Enterprise, the Farragut, the whatever. <clears throat> yeah, like just, you know, paying homage and respect, you know, paying your respects that way uh, by remembering them on this particular day, which I, I don't want to necessarily get like too hung up on it, but I just want to kind of like know maybe a little bit of like the idea behind like how this day was formed, you know, with with um, this space service that we're, we're part of. Like, was it like a decree by like the Federation president? Like, is this like just a ship thing? Like, is this just like an enterprise thing? Like, what is it? I mean, we, we have Captain Picard Day in Next Gen. Like, why not just have a, 
you know, a Remembrance Day, right? I don't know. Eric's giving me a look, or he was giving me a look. No, I mean, <clears throat> it, it feels like it's a Federation holiday. Yeah. 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 Okay. Although you don't get the day off to barbecue. No. No, instead you have to zip around the, the cosmos and stuff um, and go, you know, deal with, like, air conditioning, basically. Air filtration system. <laughs> air conditioning. Got, you, you know, you got to get those cadet marks or something. <laughs> You'll get high marks for this. I mean, this is like this is like the lower decks, you know. Hey, do your rotation in each in each uh, division to see where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we. So kicking this off, of course, you know, like like I was saying, we have like the the beginning with uh, Remembrance Day, and um, as we're kind of like bebopping around the ship and the hallways, the corridors, and seeing all these different folks. Of course, we see at one point we see Hemmer and Uhura kind of talking, and in Uhura's about to do like her rotation, and Hemmer's just kind of like seeing, it, like trying to like, um, you know, mine the depths of her her knowledge and her understanding with like engineering stuff. Like, is she just stuck on like communications and linguistics type stuff, or is she like actually knowledgeable in all facets of Starfleet service, like the Delta, or not? Um, and from there, you know, we're we're bouncing around also, and then we start to have some stuff that's really gonna be driving the rest of it. There's we 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 are showing up at this planet trying to do a thing. I hope I'm not jumping ahead too much. And there's no communication. And turns out, like our communication array system has been damaged, so there can be nothing. So of course we have to investigate. And it's like straight up out of like a horror movie. Like it's empty. There's like blood all over, like blood drag marks, and it's just creepy as heck. And Laon is like starting to see some things, and it's like let's get the heck out of Dodge. This is the Gorn, by the way. Well, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get to that point just yet. But <clears throat> this is your classic setup of like the Enterprise is en route to this colony to deliver supplies and. Some some reason the colony doesn't respond, and you know when we go down, this is this is this is this is something we go down, and you know Pike doesn't go down to the surface because the captain's not supposed to. Although this is before Captain Kirk, and Captain Kirk went on every away mission. Um, but you know they they send like there's a communication. We don't know what's down there, so we send like an armed landing party essentially, and it's mm-hmm. like eight people all with like armed when they get down there they've got their weapons drawn because they don't know what's going to happen which you know kind of makes sense you know we've got to send people down there with with weapons and always like made me think whenever you see like i remember this all the time on the next generation they're like security team report to this place wherever and like two people showed up. Mm-hmm. It's like two people. That's your security team to stop this incident. <laughs> but here we got like an eight-person armed landing party to investigate, and it's like it was like super dark. Like 
Like, it was super dark. Yeah, and they see all this blood and this drag marks. There's Very a normal ominous. dog. Yeah, there's a dog. It's a random lonely dog, just, man. Just a normal, <laughs> normal, normal Earth dog, you know, look like a Doberman, just chilling. Yeah, no dog with a little unicorn on its. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, there's there's stuff that's going down, like uh, like Pike and company. They're they're you know monitoring things um, up on the bridge, and they see something. It's like, oh shoot, let's get everyone back so we can you know potentially bug out if we need to. Oh, by the way, these are some survivors that just kind of stowed away on like some random craft and yeah, like a ship meant for transporting like radioactive materials mm-hmm. that you can't use you can't a transporter it. right so we have to people out so let's move close let's use the sky bridge thing and whatever david loves the sky bridge i mean you know good docking's fine my my whole thing is like Obviously, this became a trap. Obviously. But I just kept thinking, and it wasn't really addressed. It's like, were these guys like somehow like mildly complicit here? Because they're like, oh, no, you can't beam us out of this heavily shielded ship. It's on, dude. You've got to extend the bridge. Come on. Little, little suspect. Just yeah, like it. at some point where they promised leniency in exchange yeah. to mm-hmm. lure people into a trap. Yeah. But hey, I guess I guess it didn't matter, so they're fine. Yeah, so um Um Did anyone think it was kind of odd? Like how slow they were walking? when we see them. <laughs> I did think of that when I was watching, like, oh, here comes the zombie crawl. I'm like, okay, I realize that y'all are, like, all sad and hurt, but, like, this is, like, like, schmacting level walking, like. And there's only, like, a hundred people to move from one ship to the other. How long does it take? I don't know how long that sky bridge is, but it probably doesn't take that long for a hundred people to walk across from one ship to the next. Right, right. No, no, right. And then when they're like, hey, we're under attack, we need to get everybody out, like, let's just run. I know you might be injured, but let's pick up the pace here a little. That, that's that's why I was like, were they mildly complicit? It's like, no, we didn't see anything. I mean, maybe a farmer did, but, like, we, we saw nothing. We saw it just, nothing. It was, just, it was a little random, but, I mean, not not seemingly not important just a little random yeah man like uh, and like the thing that I was a little like okay so truthfully I was a little confused about something at one point whenever they were kind of like putting pieces together like oh it's the gold type of thing um, was like okay were these people like holograms right like like that's what I was like thinking like with how they were kind of like talking about it and then I'm like, no, 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 they're not, they're not holograms. But like for like a split second, I'm like, these are fake people that they were that the Gorn were using to lure them to quote unquote get them on the ship to give them a reason to attack. But that I that that went away real quick, by the way. Yeah. 
but just, just a little suspect but i do i did enjoy pike's like super skeptical uh you know look as he's as he's talking to whatever the head of this survivor group is it's like it's very clear that he is he is not just trusting anything about this situation but he just doesn't know enough about it to really make any sort of call mm-hmm. <laughs> i just mm-hmm. I, I really like pike uh, dude he is quickly becoming like one of my top three captains very very quickly um so we still haven't hit the the opening credits yet. We're about to. Um, uh, the attack happened. There's a, the the Gorn finally attack the Enterprise after Laon, you know, puts things together and um, number one ends up getting really hurt. Um, like people are like concussed, disoriented, all sorts of stuff. Roll credits. Let's see what happens. Type of thing. So n- number one, we we learned that she's Illyrian last week. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, bioengineered to be, you know, super cool and six million dollar, you know, people. That's right. But but like, do they not have like superior healing qualities? Was that not built in? Look, the, look, the genome or something like that. Look, like, I, I thought I she was glow? part. I thought she was part of Weapon X also. That she had like the healing factor, like Wolverine. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna just sprout claws. I mean, come on. Why not? Why not? <laughs> well no i mean but seriously so she glows her immune system can like destroy diseases through glowing yeah i i just kind of was like oh but you can't like i mean i'm not talking about like instant Did you see healing, all but that, just, that like, shrapnel like inside of her stomach well then maybe maybe i saw it a little too close as they were sewing it up which is gross <laughs> and no it's gross i don't i didn't want i looked away i i can't i can't i can't look at it man <laughs> it's freaking me out. Freaking me out, man. But no, I, I just thought of like, you know, a, a little bit more advanced healing or a little, just a little quicker than the average human would. And I guess it wasn't a thing. And you know, I don't know. She's not Weapon X, unfortunately. <sighs> no, but like after this attack happens, Lon runs to the bridge and Pike is like, Pike is like, man. My, my first instinct is to fight. He's like, he orders some maneuvering pattern and Lon gets just like, that's an offensive pattern. That's an offensive pattern. You can't do that. This is the Gorn. You got to trust me. And I like the fact that Pike actually does trust her, mm-hmm. right? He's like, okay, you've got reason to believe this is true. You've got the experience. I'm going to listen to you, right? And that Gorn's practice is to wear people out, waste their resources. Don't give in to that. You've got to regroup. And that's like very refreshing to see a captain listen to his bridge officers. Yeah. I was thinking the, the exact same thing, my dude. The exact same thing. But then Spock is like, well, there's this brown dwarf that we can go hide in. And it's orbiting, it's being sucked into a black hole. And this is like, I, I'm I'm not gonna lay this all out right now, but this helmsman is annoying as hell in this episode. <laughs> like, oh. and very unprofessional too. Like, like they're going into there's like show there's this brown dwarf that's being sucked into a black hole, and she's like, a black hole? What? And like Pike looks over at her, and he's got this look on his face, like shut up like the look on his face he has this look 
quite a few times in this episode. Like, <laughs> really? Did you just say that on my bridge? Yeah, I mean, or Ortega's is is kind of uh, kind of a little little bit of a catchphrase machine right now. She's unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, I I can I can see that. I don't necessarily mind Ortegas, but I can, I can see that. No, because like when they finally decide to go in there, she's like, uh, setting course into the the thing of death, right? Yeah, it's, it's it, like, I, it's like I, I that's think it's... not appropriate to say on the bridge of a starship when your I mean, captain there, is just giving you an order. There, there's, it's, it's obviously you know your comedic humor attempt, but it, but it's, I, it's, it's a little, funny. it's a little much. Like, you know, you, 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 sometimes you have to have those to move things along. But it was like at least three to four times where maybe it's like maybe one, one cute little catchphrase, and then just keep it moving. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily mind her, but like, I, I will bring, say this. I'm gonna bring up a couple more incidents later on. Sure, and I'm, gonna re- and I'm gonna relate them to other things as we get yeah. to them. Yeah, makes sense. But like the, the only thing when I was, uh, you know, they're, they're doing the thing at the beginning of the episode recap where we're uh, effectively highlighting the characters that we're going to focus on in the show. Which, I, I mean, I don't know if I like or dislike. It, it's kind of sets a certain expectation, but like, or. or this is like the what the third sing centric sort of episode which I, I like the character personally but it's like okay could could we have something something else and we got hammer which was cool I, I mean I, I I think it's a decent character and more Uhura, who you know in the the music episode was obviously really cool for me oh yeah but we we are we going to get like anything more centric with Ortegas where we go past the jokes and like actually learn something about her mm-hmm. maybe I mean the fact that she is I like a full-time cast member and in the opening credits would make me think that we are that's what I'm hoping right? mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm uh, you know. yeah uh, was uh, Melissa Navia is that is that the name uh, I, I think remember. that's I think that's who it is uh, who's playing Ortegas but yeah like We've we've touched on almost everyone but her, you know, with like having like something to to really focus and have anything of substance with. But yeah, ho- hopefully. So anyway, Spock is like, "Hey, gas cloud. There's some other stuff that we that we have to worry about too, like black hole." But this is our out for right now, so we can regroup. Cool. I guess let's do it. So yeah, we go in, jokes, whatever. We go in, and we're just kind of chilling, trying to figure out what what to do next. But as we go in, we take a direct hit. So our medical supply, our medical storage gets takes a direct hit, and our main cargo bay takes a direct hit. Two things that are important to the plot moving forward. And yeah, and on top of that, but we also only have one torpedo that is left too. So all of our like weapons, essentially, minus phasers, right, 
gone. Gone. So, like, our, our ability to defend ourselves if more stuff hits the fan is very, very low uh, or very, very limited. So, not, not, a, lot, not a lot of stuff uh, looking too good for, for the Enterprise crew at this point. Not, not looking that great, gang. Not looking that great. One, uh, one thing, though, procedurally, which, um, you know, was certainly a part of uh, past shows, not necessarily some of our present shows... We get into the the dwarf here, our little brown dwarf, but we have a sit down to assess the condition of the ship and then our next maneuvers, which is, you know, I mean, it's, I could see how some people could say, oh, it's like filler, it's nerd stuff. But like, that's, that's the sort of procedural aspect of Star Trek that I like because we're, we're getting the complete picture of what's going on. And sort of where we're going from there. So we have like Mbanga kind of giving the report. It's like we don't have enough medical supplies because we had to, you know, kind of uh, shut down a lot of systems. You know, what, what did he what did he call it eventually when we were talking about stitches, like uh, something medicine, Ar- like archaeological medicine. Yeah, archaeological med. Like what? Anyway, but but they're, they're having to, you know. What are we in the dark ages? Uh, <laughs> I took a pill and got a new kidney. Hole, drilling holes in this man's head won't help him. <laughs> but uh, and then you know Hammer going over sort of uh, you know the situation they're in uh, with the, um, the air uh, filtration system because that's yeah. what they were delivering to this planet. So uh, it was it was just kind of a cool part. It, it might slow things down a little bit for people, but it's good to get in the entire picture of it, it details the danger you're in. Mm-hmm. It raises the stakes a bit. Yeah, but and then they're having to sit down yeah. and Ortega's is like the Gorn, they're just the boogeyman. No one's ever seen them. We don't know. And Laon like goes off on her. She's like there is evil out there and the corner monsters like plenty of people have seen them they just haven't lived to talk about it and like starfleet can teach you teaches us to empathize with our enemy because then we can become friends with them but that's not possible here you know who she is she's effectively the gary mitchell right now in a way sort of the the kind of slacker who, who's who's in here that's a little jokey a little jovial a little juvenile in a way yeah maybe yeah. I, i'm not i'm <laughs> i know we just read this book that completely you know shredded gary mitchell and everything but like you know that there, there's again like i i totally understand where you're coming from eric and that certainly can get annoying but like you know in in, in a very serious environment it does humor does provide some stuff because you have a very serious science officer in Spock you have a hyper serious security officer you know number one certainly gets a little jokey like her whole thing with Ohor it's like so what are you doing you know so she's got some sense of humor that's maybe a little bit more adult but then you kind of also have a little bit more of the younger sort of mm-hmm. side of things and and maybe part of her development later on could be a bit of a raise in the maturity level so to speak like she's experiencing well, some things now maybe and... maybe if she has that personality she should only be an ensign right fair so you know what i like about having the conference call like with hammer and uhura being stuck where they are and 
medical staff being stuck with what they have again like not only is it the danger but it's also like okay pike is having to really think about like as we move forward how am i going to you know not only achieve the mission of keeping us safe you know but how can i also make sure that we try and you know ration resources to help these folks out too which i don't think we really get to see we haven't seen all that often lately with our with our captains so i really like that that was like that was what was playing at the back of my head is like i like this like we're limited on resources so there is a true danger apart from the gorn because like we have real people that are hurt that are trapped things could go sideways real quick and um and i thought it was handled beautifully yeah i mean i think pike handles this situation incredibly well they oh yeah dismiss the meeting and he pulls Laan aside and he's like listen you're not just the security officer right now like you're the first officer right and you know it's not your job to just be the security but it's your job to like make sure people feel better about themselves right and give them hope and you don't have to lie to them but he's like the best like maybe if you give them hope they can perform miracles right and he's like and the best the best miracles come from some bit of truth is what he says something like that and i'll also say this and like not to just have a pike love fest or anything too late but one of the things that i really (laughs) i really love aside from the fact that like he's clearly listening to the people around him and taking in what they're saying but he also it's snap it's snap decisions like there's no real indecisiveness being shown here in a lot of this it's like okay we're gonna go go yes that's a great idea execute you know what i mean and that sort of that sort of decisiveness like in a high pressure situation is absolutely needed because the more you hesitate the less everyone around you can kind of like believe in your leadership capability it's Mm -hmm. like a huge psychological strain you know when you see somebody just you know just not making the decision so Mm -hmm. it is nice to see him kind of like not only just listening to people but also making the decision going forward and also look eric i know you love michael burnham's decision making qualities all right but but you know not instantly having just some like very convenient thing pop up everything in this episode was very at least to my my brain very practically driven and explained Mm -hmm. i love that the the quote that um that pike gives to laon was but right now your job isn't just about orders it's about hope belief can be the difference between victory and defeat get a crew to believe in miracles they might just give you one yeah that's like a good pep talk right true story true story true story so yeah so we're, we're we're in this brown dwarf I mean, there's obviously there's other stuff going on too, right? With like Uhura and and everyone else on the ship. But like, let's just kind of focus on like the, this main kind of storyline thing. We'll, we'll come back and like tie up loose ends here in a little while. But you know, at one point, um, you know, um, Ortegas is saying something along the lines of like, "What are we going to do? Throw luggage at them?" Which gives well, not, not quite, not quite yet. She doesn't say that because that's one of the problems that I have later. Well, so we're 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 around and uh we get to the bridge um basically after this pep talk and um spock was like you you told you told us to uh get creative to think creatively on stuff 
Um, and I've, I was thinking about like how our positioning system works and like, um, and everything like that. And, um, and we can basically like change the way we look at this to be able to track the ship to kind of see and figure out like where the Gorn are basically. And, uh, what was it? Pike said something along the lines of he turned a compass into a radar. Yeah. Yeah. Spock earned his science delta though. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they can track the ships, and like then all of a sudden, on the little on the screen, the little Gorn ship pops up, and it's moving toward them. And Pike is like, "Hold position, don't move." Like we don't know if they can see us, but let's just hold position. And Ortega says again, she's freaking out. She's like, "Captain, we have to do something." And then at one point it gets super close and she's like, engage the enemy. Like, and he's like, I told you not to do that. And she's like, that's like, it's like trust in your captain, right? Don't, don't try to just do something on your own because you're freaking out. And this is again, Pike gives, gives her this look like, just do what I say. Yeah. Also, ju- just just as a sciency thing, this whole tracking deal was effectively tracking the eddies that the ships were making within the sort of gaseous anomaly here. Correct. Yeah. That was my understanding. Sort of understand yeah. Understand that. Yeah. Correctly. Okay, but then also they they get ready to like oh, the the Gorn ship flies by them. They can't. They can't. The Gorn ship can't see them, and they're like. Hey, we're gonna use the torpedo as like a mine, essentially. We're gonna like drop it on them, which I guess if we're inside the gas giant, there's gravity to drop a bomb, right? You can't drop bombs in space, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. It happened on film. Okay, it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You don't know the gravitational pull that the ship bombs. has when you're dropping bombs. Oh, shoot. Anyway, they're, they're about fired. ready to drop this torpedo as a bomb on top of the Gorn ship. And again, at, at one point, Ortega says, finally, we're doing something. And like to me, this is almost the last straw here, because I don't know if you remember this episode. It's called Gambit, parts one and two, right, from the next generation where like Picard and Riker are both on the, off the ship they're undercover some on something and Data's in charge of the Enterprise and he puts Worf as his first officer and Worf is frustrated that Data's not taking action and when they finally decide to do something just right in the middle of the bridge Worf's like finally we're doing something and Data pulls him aside into the ready room and just chews him out like your behavior is completely inappropriate and that was the whole thing that was going through my mind here when Ortega's was like finally we're doing something it's like get off my bridge like get off my bridge that's that's what I would have been if this is your attitude I don't need you here right now I, I just I just have a big problem with this character right now sure okay that's that's fine I get it so, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and use our last torpedo to take out this ship because like this is the only one that we know of um, that followed us in basically. So let's let's get rid of it. So uh, we do it. 
right? We, we, we go through a series of orders and techniques and pivoting and whatever. Pivot. Pivot. Actual space maneuvers. Pivot. Yeah, actual space maneuvers. Up up a stairwell. No. Well, dive, dive, dive. There we go. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. And yay, we did it. Oh, shoot. There's more of them. They Why is that dot bigger? Own. They <laughs> sacrificed their own ship to learn our position. It's like, well, what can we do now? Uh, well, if we go any deeper, it'll crush the ship. Deeper. Exactly. And then Ortegas again is like, after Pike orders, go deeper in. She's like, uh, didn't the science officer just tell us that going deeper would crush the ship? I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, I told you. I gave you an order. Stop questioning every single thing I say. <laughs> yeah. The, the only, the only thing I'd say to that though, and like, I, I totally understand as you guys constantly tell me starfleet isn't a military organization <laughs> which it which it which it totally is but like at the same token I, I think that there you could probably compile the same length of list of people who have questioned uh you know commands or 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 just superiors or inferiors or whatever all over the place, and I think that's kind of part of the the curiosity of the show. Now, I, I get it. Maybe a lot of these are probably not the best time because realistically, high pressure scenario. You either trust me or you don't. You either riding or you're not. Um, and I think that but, probably we could have knocked a lot of that off really early. But you know, I think there's a difference because, like, if Picard or Riker gave an order, sometimes data data would go, Captain might I suggest something else? That's like the way he says it, right? Whereas like, that's the problem I have with like Michael Burnham too. She would just blurt out, we can't do that. But like, it's, it's I think it's the way you maybe kind of question the order and say, it's like, might I offer a suggestion? What if instead of doing that, maybe we tried something else? It's not straight up like just rejecting the command of the order that's given to you. Right. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. Well, with hey, by the way, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> just grinding it to a halt. Do, do, Thanks, buddy. We do. Uh, we know the uh, our uh, uh, transporter operator's name. Chief Kyle. Okay, so Kyle, that that poor guy, like, he's got to be pretty scarred right now. Mm. In the midst of all this, he just sees his like buddy that gives him a look in the hallway one time, like just blown. It's like he didn't even get the chance. All the doors closed. I don't know. It's a Disney death. I don't know what happened. No, you know, you saw him Mm -hmm. get blown up. That's terrible. What was was the transporter chief doing on like deck 20? I've got to believe that the main transporter room isn't on deck 20. Maybe he was playing ping pong with blue shirt. I, could, I mean, I mean seriously. Like they could have been, they could have been playing ping pong. They could have been talking about whatever, including like some historical things. Sacagawea. You know what I'm saying? If they could have been having like you know old archaeological ancient Earth, you know, 
18th, 19th century type stuff, you know, and Sacagawea. And just having a good old time before they had to run away because the deck was collapsing and crushing in on itself. You know, Chase, you're going to get a package at your little P.O. box in Azel, Texas. It's just going to have <laughs> a single Sacagawea dollar in it. It's going to be a message. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna send you. Sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> Sacagawea. Oh boy. No, but like in all seriousness, like Pike giving the order to seal seal the decks, mm -hmm. the bulkheads, you know, because if he doesn't, the ship's gonna be destroyed. That, that's something, you know. It's the burden of command, right? You know, sometimes yeah. you have to give orders right. that you know people aren't going to survive. Right. Right. And it's like, why don't I feel better about this? Well, for the same reason that you gave the order. Because like, you, you value, value life. life. Yeah. Yep. Hey, by the way, can I also ask you guys one other question? Mm. So we're in, we're in sick bay. We're literally stitching people up. Mm -hmm. uh, Chapel's wearing a white jumpsuit and bang has got his blues on. Um, they're very, very clean. Like, there's there's not a spot on either one of their uniforms. Uh, that's got to be the cleanest operation I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, where, where just are clean. Like, where are their, like, robes they, they, that they put over themselves? Like, even <laughs> Dr. The McCoy wore some robes. I don't even think they were wearing like gloves or like future gloves or anything like that. I, don't I mean, think like, they were. It was not a very sterile environment. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, there's no way there wasn't like a single drop of blood or bile <laughs> or something. Somebody threw up on you or whatever. It's like nothing. They're clean. It just amazes me. Like this is this is like one of the like the the pet peeves I have like with the uniforms and like some of the medical stuff that's happened across like all the shows. By the way, is. We we have like the hypersprays, we have all the tools and whatever. Like we don't like we don't roll the sleeve up, right? We just like we stick it like through the cloth and like blood just like cleanly comes right through your uniform into the little whatever it is that you're using to get whatever or to do whatever. And like kind of like skipping ahead, but like even like the end of the episode where we have like Mbenga. Um, like checking on some people, he's he's like tethered to someone with a freaking IV. He's tethered to number one. I know, I, I know. Direct link blood. Right. He's 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 freaking like you know, siphoning off his own blood to to help out number one. Like in the tube, the IV is going right through his uniform. Chase, we're doctors, not storytellers. I'm We're a not doctor, not a bricklayer. Yeah, here. we give we give hypospray shots right through the uniform. We don't have to touch the skin to give our hypospray shots. Look, look, I'm all about pen lights and EV suits and defibrillators. That's cool, but unless there's like something like super super cool about like these uniforms, like where you have like a clean transfer, with like a lot without a loss of volume or whatever, man. Come on. Self cleaning uniforms. I mean, they're all clearly very sweaty. They kept that going. But like, not a sweat stain. These guys keep it clean. Yeah, they must. They're moisture wicking material. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the undershirts are for. Got it. Well, you remember. 
when Worf and Jadzia went on vacation to Ryza, <laughs> Worf is wearing his Starfleet uniform the entire and it's the it's the the gray one, which yeah. looks hot as hell. I'm sorry. When you put on the undershirt, <laughs> the vest, and the jacket, that thing's gotta be hot. And he's just he's like Starfleet uniforms are designed to be comfortable in a myriad of situations. Oh man. Oh man. Well okay. Alright, alright, cool. Good talk, good talk. <sighs> yeah, so why is that dot bigger than the other dot? Cause it's a bigger ship. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So maybe we can like fast forward on like some of this stuff a little bit. I just I just wanna yeah, yeah. For one thing, like like uh so they go deeper in, and one of the Gorn ships is following them, but it gets, like, crushed under the pressure. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. And then, like, Spock is calculating that the brown dwarf is losing mass, and he says something. And this is, this is like, a trope that needs to stop in television and movies when a scientist or somebody says something, and then somebody's like, English, say that in English. Like, can you just, can we stop that? Like, do we still have to do that? Does that annoy anybody else? I know SG-1 did that a lot with Daniel Jackson. That's for dang sure. It's and like, okay, and yeah, Sam Carter. Said something technical and be like, English. Explain to me in English. Well, it, it makes, it make, to me, it makes more sense on Stargate because, you know, you're, you're dealing with, like, you know, Jack, who's not really, like, a scientist he's a soldier right he's, he's just your comp he's a, he's a he's a regular dude but in this you have the the best of the best of the best of starfleet here it seems like you should sort of understand at least some of this mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. at least enough to infer and it does sort of feel like almost like you're talking down your audience a bit but hey Yeah. However, I do like feel like I'm watching a smart show for like the first time in a while, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I think we we can like make a couple jumps on some stuff um, for the for the sake of time. I mean, we still have like quite a bit to to get through, but um, so. One thing that does come up is we do have a captain's log supplemental. There's no captain's log, but there's a captain's log supplemental where Pike is talking about, hey, we're hanging out in this in this gas giant. Um, things are going down, um, and we got to we got to we got to figure some crap out, type of thing. And through all this, like we're again, we're still trying to think creatively of like how can we get out of the situation alive with as many folks with this with our ship intact things of that nature and you know like if we if we poke our head out you know we're going to give away our position basically like we're just like too big we, we can't navigate things very well so we have this i like laon has this idea let's take a shuttle let's do something with a shuttle and see what happens and which which, which shuttle was it chase the galileo i got it i got it i have i have the, the ornament it's over here i have the galileo it's great um 
be back in 30 minutes no matter what type of thing. And Spock is basically volunteering himself to go. And um, throughout all this, though, like while they're on there trying to figure out like what's next, like they're trying to think creatively on some things too, like while they're on the shuttlecraft, hey, let's do this mind melt thing because you're blocking yourself emotionally and a whole slew of things. Which is where we learn more things and figure out who this creeper is that's been popping up every now and again on this episode. Some random dude with a creepy, like, Joffrey kind of vibe about him. Like, oh, Star Trek, we've, we've had a rough bout with smiley guys. We really have. Was anyone else getting King Joffrey vibes? Like, please, please tell me I wasn't the only one. I didn't automatically go there. I just thought it was creepy. Oh. But anyway, but 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 Leon, uh, uh, see, they see the lights between mm-hmm. the ships, and she's starting to put it together. Right, and she goes into her mind palace via the mind meld, right. and like they, the the the. the the knowledge is in there somewhere. You were just a, a young kid and you were traumatized. Right. So you can't understand it completely. So if we mind meld, we can figure it out together. And we find, we find, uh, uh, I mean, after roaming around and like, you know, her meeting up with like the memory of her brother, which is who this random Joffrey dude is, um, who basically sacrificed himself to save his sister. We find out at least that we're, we're led to believe with this mind meld. Um, there's also like a freaking like codex. There's like a decoder book of like Gorn culture, history, language, whatever. It's like just a collection of Gorn stuff. And like it's brought to the, the forefront of how to make sense of like some of their communication stuff, which is what we're seeing. Like we're seeing like basically Gorn Morse code taking place on these ships that they're doing like a light show with one another. And she has this great idea. It was a great idea, I think to basically use their own was like a phaser array or something. Yeah, they, they modified the phasers. Yeah, yeah, to like basically do the same like light show and basically tell the big mama ship like, hey, there's humans on this other ship. They snuck aboard and done blowed them up. So now we're just down to the big kahuna at this point. So we've we have just ever so meticulously just like just brought him down. Like we've taken him to task and we've been using our noggin to, to take care of it, which I'm loving. I'm loving it. And uh, so we get back, we get back and we're back on the bridge. We're like, yeah, you're back. You did the thing. Woo. We have just one ship. Wow. What are we going to do? And uh, what was it like? What does, um, what was it like a, a cat, um, a pot or was, no, a duck, a possum and what, a snake, a pot, snake. duck and a possum and a duck, yeah. have in common. I love that, by the way. He was, he was so he was so proud of that. He really too. was, and I was like, so proud of him for it. That was great. <laughs> they played that. I don't know dead. if Anson Mount was proud of it, or if it was just like he played Pike so well, he made Pike proud of that. But it was it was a proud moment for this show. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. So yeah, they um, they play dead, and um, they're they're gonna like dump some stuff, uh, which is they're this gonna, is where. They're gonna dump the the, the cargo bay, which which is gonna like which was basically gonna be an atomic bomb. Yeah, which is, seems strange for an air filter, fellas. <laughs> an air filter with the capability of atomic energy. 
<laughs> you can clean the air or kill your enemies. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't want that in the attic of my house. I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 it's an industrial air filter. It doesn't go in a single-use house. I'm just saying, Eric, I don't want it in my house, okay? I don't want an atomic bomb in my attic, okay? Now, Chase, don't let the nuclear, anti-nuclear lobby, uh, you know, <laughs> influence your decision here. Nuclear <laughs> energy is clean. It is, it is effective. Clean. It is clean. And it's good for your community. Or no, wait, yeah. I, I, gotta, I gotta do the thumb point. You can't point at people, you gotta do the thumb point. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's an air filter and potentially an atomic bomb. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try to do our slingshot maneuver around the black hole, drop this bomb, and then use gravitational redshift, which is a real thing, to make it look like we're not where we are. Right, we're in a different position, mm -hmm. and then when they see the explosion, they'll think we blew up. They'll leave, and we'll fly away undetected. And this is where, like, a lot of the stories are really dovetailing at this point. Um, so I think we can, like, kind of like pause a little bit and just at least like touch on like the Uhura stuff and like the sick bay stuff, maybe very briefly. Um, yeah. So like at the top of the episode, you know, we had. Hammer and we had Uhura kind of like talking about like the the equipment and like the engineering stuff and um, Hammer just kind of like scoffs at her a little bit like what do you know and like she gives like this like detailed report and like the history of something okay I guess you know something and they end up getting trapped and the whole thing that they're doing is like his hands are broke or at least one of his hands is broken um, so he can't do the thing so he has to to rely on Uhura, who's like very un uncertain of herself. So the whole time that they're just trapped together, he's trying to coach her through this. But things are going from bad to worse very quickly, like everyone else. And ultimately, she starts to get more confident and start to work things out. But again, things on the ship are getting bad. And at this point in the story, like when they're about to do this like slingshot redshift stuff, put some EV suits on because strap in baby because it's yeah, about yeah, to get he's, he's, it's he's about to get like, crazy like, hammer hammer do you have access to ev suits yes <laughs> but i hesitate to ask why <laughs> two observations what is it with the cubes with the snowflake on them cold the the cube that crushed his hands and it's got a snowflake symbol at least that's what it looked like to me that's and then air conditioner right in your car you push the snowflake button and that's the turn on the air conditioner hey i'm down with that <laughs> second observation when hemmer is in his ev suit where i went was my god he looks like the old knight from from last crusade you know <laughs> you have chosen poorly he tucked his antenna right did. into that he little did. he's got his little hood and everything <laughs> Do you think the actor was actually wearing the antenna, or do you think they took him off when they put him in that? Oh, boy. Uh, who knows? That was probably the day where they fell off or something like that. Well, we're not going to glue those back on. You're wearing a hood. <laughs> Practical. That's like why Rom always wore that thing on the back of his head. It was to hide the 
the stitch line in the back of the mold. Oh, was it? Yeah. That, oh. They were just covering it up. Nice. That that works. Um, and and like y'all were saying, like with with uh, all the med folks, you know, like they're like super clean. Like everyone's dying and just having a great time. And um, Una is Everybody's just everybody's dying and having a great time. Great. <laughs> what are you? Doing? I don't know. I just say things sometimes. It just comes out. It's it's she fine. Say things just like Nurse Chapel says things. At one point, she says to Una, "It's like." You know, we have to knock you out. You're going to go into septic shock. Uh, I hear it's like like giving pregnancy through through the mouth. Yeah, (laughs) giving birth out of the mouth. With with bile. Like, who says stuff like that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Chapel Chapel is an odd duck, man. I like her. She needs needs an episode because I feel like it would be hilarious. I like her. I like her a lot. Oh, yeah. Like I was like getting a visual of giving birth through the mouth and it was not pretty. (laughs) But, you know, they perform this maneuver and they can't get a hold of the cargo bay. And Pike again thinks he lost, thinks he lost them again. He's looking real dejected. And, oh, no, we're here, Captain. We made it. Mm hmm. And you know that there, there's a difference there, and, and you know, in in the facial reactions of Pike when he thinks he loses somebody, you're like, dang. But you know, and, and it, like I don't want to, I don't want to bash on other actors and so forth. But I always felt like that when something bad happened in Discovery, it was always like this almost. It was always surprise. It was always like the surprise look. And where this is like, it, it conveys a lot more just like understanding slash feeling of the situation going on. It's not, it's not really surprise. How many times can you be surprised? Mm-hmm. Like you watched a lot of people die. So yeah, stop being surprised about it. And even, even, I think Pike even says something like not to the effect about people dying. But he's like, he's like, he goes over to La Laon at the end of the situation on the bridge, and he's like, you know, we 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 survived, and and she's like, what about next time? And he goes, next time they won't catch us by surprise or something to that effect. So it's like, you know, we won't, we we're not always going to be surprised. We're going to be prepared. My so my wife and I we watched, we got to watch it together, um, and her her first thing was like man just enjoy it <laughs> like just enjoy the victory type of thing um but and I, I was thinking the same thing but yeah like I, I liked his response you know that we'll be better prepared you know we'll be re- we'll be ready you know the next time we encounter the Gorn whenever that is I mean there's I mean the Gorn are good at like the Gorn hege- hegemony are just really good at just like that whole like smoke and mirrors kind of thing like just like choosing to not be seen and like choosing to act when we feel like it you know we can make ourselves invisible whenever so which just like when i think of arena like i just think of like in fact like this whole thing i was like are we gonna see you know barney the dinosaur in space like are we really gonna see this really slow Mm -hmm. (laughs) just Mm -hmm. slow punches you can't see this in listener land but i'm doing slow punches 
<laughs> oh. But yeah, like in in the end though, like I thought that they put the bow on it really well. Like, you know, the Enterprise is like kind of like hobbling back to wherever they're going to go. I mean, hopefully they're going to some nearby space dock for repairs. I mean, they're going to have to. Cuz like, I mean, as as good as Hemmer is and like I'm sure his engineering detail is, like that's going to be some serious work on the Enterprise. Well, 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 okay. Here's the thing. This is this is a question I wanted to ask. This is an episodic show, isn't it? This is not this is not a, a serialized show. This is episodic. One of the things that Star Trek is known for is, you know, the great reset. Not the great societal reset. The great reset. Like every episode, the ship is sparkling new and clean, right? Unless for some reason it serves the plot for it not to be, right? Right. So what's the condition of the ship gonna be at the beginning of the next episode? Is it gonna be pristine? Like no attack ever happened? What's what's number one gonna look like? Is she gonna be fully recovered and fully healed or is she still gonna have lingering injuries? Like what's what how are we gonna be at the start of the next episode? Are we just gonna hit the reset button or is there gonna be some carryover? I personally think it'll be more reset. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, I mean, you bring that up, and I guess if if we were seen at, like, some random space dock at some semi-nearby place or whatever, it would necessitate people to have to watch this episode to know why we're in space dock, which is counterintuitive to why we want like episodic stuff right so we can just watch it and not have to watch the other things like so we can just pick up and go wherever whenever we are type of thing so I don't know is there anything else that we need to talk about yes one last thing okay very end the very end of the show when they showcase the the coffins Mm -hmm. I love that with the with the Starfleet flag over mm-hmm. them, yeah, yeah, making pipe, sure pipe, to make a point pipe, of the what was it seven the people seven that people they lost, yeah. but then also three civilians as well. Okay, so seven seven like I think it's Laan is giving a, the uh, the log entry just like she did at the beginning. It's just like we encountered the Gorn, seven crew members lost their lives, but we survived. Yeah, I just thought it was it was a good. It was a good sort of, you know, thing to put in there because I think, you know, we, we make a lot of fun of red shirts and how expendable they are. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're really looking at it from a, a realistic standpoint, they are people. And, you know, in a crew, uh, some remembrance is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that it was a personal log and it was just like one sentence, two sentences. It was like, Short, sweet, and to the point. The <clears throat> the the director of this man, like the way the way that this episode was just directed, I thought it was very, very, very well done. Um, espe- like especially like how like the 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 high drama, the high action, but also like the deep emotion was was as well. And that maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with like the review, but. I just I thought this was a was a very lovely, very well done episode. So, um, that being the case, let's uh, let's go ahead and move into um, the different evaluation stuff that we do for these episodes. So let's start off with um, the Delta, where we look at the different um, areas, the different divisions of Starfleet service. Um, you know wh- whether it has to do with um, command, 
where we evaluate the different um, leadership, leadership theory, leadership decisions, things of that nature um, in the episode, um, or operations, um, division type stuff, whether it's, uh, you know, techno babble, like with engineering, it's communications type stuff, it's, you know, op- just operation stuff in general, or science, which I think is kind of self-explanatory. So with that, um, David, what do you think? Um, so I think I, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think last week kind of lingered on the, the complete Delta sweep. If I remember correctly, right. I think I gave it a command, but not, not a science or engineering. Right. We were kind of all over the place with, with our Delta ratings last, last yeah, week. I think, I think we were all a little different. On that yeah. One. Um, so I, I would say that this episode returns for me for a clean sweep of, of deltas. You continue to see, um, you know, Pike's leadership as a captain listening to the people around him making quick decisions, but also still taking the time to kind of, um, you know, pro- provide some some mentorship to those around him, specifically, you know, Singh here. It's like, look, you might not want to do this, but this is what the people need. So, you know, go forth. And uh, I just, I really like Pike. There's no other way to go about it. I really like Pike. Um, as far as, you know, from the scientific standpoint, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think it was Eric who said, you know, Spock basically single-handedly uh, earned <laughs> this himself, you know. But then, you know, you also kind of have the, the scientific medical sphere of things where, when faced with a crisis and you don't have all of your technology, you figure out a way to uh, keep people alive in uh, in an archaeological way, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> but it's anyway. But I, I think that that also kind of lends itself to, yeah, this is might be a bit barbaric. It might not be the the way we want to do it, but we're keeping people alive, and that is in its own way a science um and then engineering as far as engineering goes uh, the the whole sort of thing with with hammer and uh you know hura and this this atomic the the atomic uh uh you know uh, air filtration unit uh just sort of helping her maneuver through this control panel because they're like there was a part it's like look you got to use both hands, you know, both hands on the wheel, 10 and two, Ahura, you're doing just fine. Uh, but, you know, you got to regulate here and then come over here and make sure this is going and blah, 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 blah. So I, I think that, uh, you know, that in and of itself, I found it to be fun. It's like, you know, Mr. Grumpy is like kind of teaching this young cadet something that, you know, she clearly isn't really on the path for but it's her time and and he's he's sort of giving a little bit of the knowledge maybe begrudgingly but he's doing it because he cannot do so he cannot do therefore he teaches um and and again you i figured you i figured you you'd both enjoy enjoy that uh so anyway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but I, I I think I think that that whole whole uh, scenario there is is uh, good enough for me uh, for uh, for a clean sweep of deltas. Got a clean sweep, love it. 
Is Eric gonna gonna keep the the train going with a clean sweep? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I mean, command is super obvious. Like Pike, Pike is amazing here. He he is he's so good. Like making decisions, listening to his crew, giving them the pep talks when they need to. And Anson Mount is like, I mean, I think I said it last week, but like not last week, maybe two weeks ago, because he didn't really have much to do last week. But like getting Anson Mount here is like one of the best things that happened to the show. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, you know, when crew members are lost, when somebody dies, he's got like the right, the right expression, the right amount of feeling. When the crew members, when they find out they survive, right, the right amount of feeling, the right expression. And it's just like, you believe he is the captain of this ship. You believe that he is responsible for these people and he cares deeply about protecting these people. And he's just doing a fantastic job so far. He really, really is. Um, I, so I don't think command is, is ever in doubt. Sure. Yeah, like... Spock, you know, turning the comp- the compass into a radar. I said, yeah, he earned that Delta. That's, you know, there's lots of lots of that, you know, just all of his, you know, analysis of the black hole and the and the brown giant and and you know what we can do in here and the the, the red shift and everything. Like, there's there's good science there. Um, you talked about Hammer, you know, Hammer teaching Uhura how to do. It. That's engineering, but I also think like. When Spock and, and La'an, when they were to reprogram the phasers to be, you know, a communication, that also to me falls into like the engineering operations, right? That's yeah. not not really the science because they're like right. reprogramming right. a piece of technology. It doesn't normally work that way to, to do something different than the way it was designed. And they use that to great effect to trick the Gorn. So to me, that also falls into, like, engineering operations. So, yeah, full clean, full clean sweep here of all three of the Deltas. Yeah. Yeah, the... I'm just going to be rehashing the same thing with, like, um, um, command and with uh, science. And the thing that I was going to point out, kind of piggybacks with, um, with Eric's, is the fact that even though the mind meld is like this, you know, science fiction, this fantasy kind of tool that we have to work with in Star Trek, um, the fact that it served as the the way in which to get the things to do the things, um, I think was was a really good thing. Like the fact that we got to see we got to go into like these like repressed memories from a very traumatic time um, to like be able to open up this journal, whether it was a real journal or not. Right. Like to like understand like Gorn alphabets and whatever um, like that. Like, so like really speaking to like the communication thing, communication side of operations, like in terms of like the linguistics that like Uhura would have done or that Uhura, I'm sorry, did do, with children of the comet, you know, with like the musical egg room. Um, so yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm, I was digging like, like how like communications and like, just again, that like linguistic kind of aspect was represented in this show with the Gorn at least, and how we could use that knowledge to our advantage, uh, to get that, that tactical edge over them. 
uh, like, which dovetails right into what Eric was saying about um, reprogramming like phasers and doing a laser light show and stuff like that. So, okay, let's go into uh, the numerical rating. So scale of one to 10, one being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. Gene Roddenberry would be proud of it himself. Reverse order, Eric, how would you rate this show? This episode, first of all, is very cinematic. I know Chase. I don't know if you're waiting to talk about that. Like, with the, as you mentioned, the directing, it, it was very cinematic. It felt like they managed to crunch like a two hours worth of disaster movie into like a 54-minute television show, and it was, and it didn't leave. Didn't feel like they cut out anything. It didn't feel like they rushed anything. It felt like they got all the things a disaster movie needs. Like. The pacing was just on point here. Like it, it never really had a dull moment. It never slowed down. It, um, it just, it was intense. I don't think there were any moments where, it, like, the intensity really let down. Um, you know, some people will say, "Well, it's an action episode. It's more action than I want my Star Trek." But at the same time, like, we're overcoming our problem by working together. And yeah, there's action and we're we're fighting people, but we're using science and technology to help us do the fighting. And and people have have been reading a lot of reviews, people have been mentioning the similarities to um, like Balance of Terror, like mm-hmm. the original series episode. Uh, to me, I don't think that's the best analogy for an episode. I think the best analogy for an episode is a Deep Space Nine episode called Starship Down where the Defiant goes into a gas giant and is chased by two Jem'Hadar warships. And like, they can't, they can, neither ship can like really track the other, they can't find each other, but it's like a, it's like a cat and mouse game. And the whole time Cisco, Cisco got injured in the initial attack. And so he's really out of it. And Worf is down in in engineering with a makeshift control center. And at first, you know, he's like, He's like really harping and really not being good command because he's Worf is this is a season four episode so Worf has just really been promoted to command and so he's got to learn how to be a good be good at command mm-hmm. like hey don't just bark orders at, at these engineers like Chief O'Brien says they're engineers like give them a problem to fix right and and they get and he gives like I need a weapon and they're like well okay what if we do and like Worf is learning command and here. I liken that here to La'an. You know, she's learning some command here, and she's got. And so I think that's the better analogy for an episode. And that episode is fantastic. This episode is fantastic. I, I think we're gonna remember this episode for a long time. Hundred percent. I think this is this is an episode that people are gonna be talking about in Star Trek for a long time. I think it's an episode that people are gonna go back and want to rewatch a bunch. And I, I think I think it's the best episode of the four that we've had so far. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really fantastic. I don't want to go like too overboard. Chase is showing me all the ratings that we've given so far. Like I'm always the guy. I think I'm always the guy that's like, yeah, let's let's pause it a little bit. Let's don't be <laughs> like, you know, nine point seven, and then next week, oh well, this one was better. Hey, so if it happens, it happens. It's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking at, at these ratings here. Man, 
gonna give it a 9.2. Okay, 9.2 for Eric. David, what are you giving? Really good episode. David, what are you giving it, man? Yeah, so <laughs> I was thinking about this, that, that, that as well. I, I don't want to paint myself into a corner uh, on the on the rating, but um, really fantastic episode overall. I think you're you're starting to see, you know, so, some just just continued growth without like over focusing as we have on the last couple where we're 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 backstoring now. Leon had had a furtherance of her backstory, which was um, was more integrated in into a lot of things here. But again, like it show showcases how how awesome Pike is. And and to to credit Anson Mount as well, just how how well that is, because like, I mean, isn't that what acting is? Conveying emotion, mm-hmm. conveying story, and, and it's just been really great here. Um, and it was crazy cinematic. Like, I felt like I was almost watching a shortened or condensed version of like, you know, just one of the motion pictures or something like that. Like, it, it was it's like it could have been longer and mm-hmm. and and I would have been fine but it would but the pacing it just felt so natural and 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 just good um and I I thought about this just now and I was thinking about it during the episode you know how we had little showers of sparks you know because clearly we're in danger mm-hmm. we didn't have giant flamethrowers coming out of the vents and everything that no nope. the pyro go- we, we we fired that guy it's like i got a got a more reasonable guy in here no it's pun like, intended yeah. about firing the fire guy right <laughs> hey man i'm full i'm full of that stuff tonight uh but you know it, it, everything was just so darn tasteful and like i love the teaching moments you know with 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 pike and and sing here and you know even like number one kind of her continued inter- interactions as well and but then we're we're also highlighting ahura you know as this young starry-eyed cadet i don't know where i want to be but i'm learning and and hemmer we're even learning more about him as well and he's not just the grumpy engineer and you know now we kind of have a, a big bad guy too that's different it's it's different. We're not just going to redesign Klingons again, you know. We're, we, the the Gorn, and we're going to make them scary, potentially scarier than a dude in a suit throwing slow punches, you know. <laughs> and it, it just the, the stakes. Like I can't talk about how much like I didn't care about how high stake we were supposed to think Discovery was because it never felt like it. We never took the time to increase the stakes but the stakes in this one singular episode felt so high and then we're getting back to the procedure of things we're 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 in the conference rooms we're we're talking through the status of the ship we're we're talking through our plans we're we are using probably more practicable science as we can understand it today as opposed to making up mumbo jumbo which i love i love a good static warp shell you guys know this stuff but like (laughs) i i I like how you know like eric's like talking about well this is a real thing it's like sweet i am glad to know the words of a real thing that i probably will not look up or anything like that but it's cool right right um 
and, and the logs, like Eric talks about the logs all the time. We had what three logs in we did. here, and a log in the middle of the show. Like that's it's cool and it's nerdy and it's cool and I really like it and it just it makes it makes me think like you know if somebody truly is listening out there. It's like look, we'll give you the the really cool cartoon. We'll give you Picard that's kind of a little wonky. We'll give you Discovery, which is like supposed to be the new generation. Pepsi, the new generation that just isn't quite there yet. And then we'll give you what you guys actually want here. All you 30-year-old nerds out there. Here's what you <laughs> Do you like it? This is what you want. Yes, that's exactly what we wanted all along. So my rating that I had coming in, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give it a 9.4. Okay. 9.4 from David. I feel like, I feel like, I know, go ahead, Chase. You, you want, you want to finish, you want to finish that thought? No. <laughs> I want you to finish your thought. <laughs> okay, so, this, the thing, one thing that I've noticed, whoa, hello, one thing that I've noticed, um, in terms of, like, the enjoyment that I've had with the episode is, how well does it grip me emotionally um, in terms of like my reactions? Um, I don't need to cry every single episode or anything, but like this one just like hit all the right things for me. Um, like with this being Memorial Day weekend, you know, when this is like originally airing, um, you know, here in the United States, like I said, the, at the top of the show um, and this being you know, like, like their own type of Memorial day. Like I've also said at the, the top of the show, um, with like, like talking about like remembrance and then also like just the beautiful, beautiful. And I don't don't know what else to say. Just like the beautiful shot that we had of remembering and giving honor to the seven crewmen that lost their lives in the line of duty. Amazing. The fact that we have a captain that I actually am excited about, like that I'm, I'm really enjoying, like I, I haven't always liked, I mean, I, I've, let me take that back. I've liked pretty much all the captains in different ways, but man, like this, like Anson Mount's Pike is just like doing like a fantastic job of like just raising the bar like with this whole captain thing, like, we, like I think it was um, Eric or Dave, I can't remember, um, talking about like being able to see like this seasoned captain, like in their prime, like doing their thing basically. Um, but we have a smart show. In my opinion, we have a very smart show that is doing the things that made Star Trek, Star Trek, in the sixties and like was perpetuated in the seventies and eighties and onward. And I will always say this. And I say this wholeheartedly. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. If you love discovery, love discovery. If lower decks is your thing, love lower decks. Okay. Like if that, I don't care how you get into the star Trek fandom, just come on in the water's fine type of thing. But like for an old guy, like, that really didn't even start watching Star Trek until college. Like, I just love this so much. And the fact that my my wife uh, was like, 
dang, that was a good episode. And her, and she doesn't say that about every single episode. Like she's nowhere near the level of a Trekkie I am. Like that just added to it as well. Um, I'm not going to give it a 10. So Eric, don't worry. I'm not giving it a 10. Okay. I, that's what I said. I was like, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling. <laughs> I'm not giving it a 10. Um, I can't believe that I'm going to give it what I'm going to give it just because of how much I love Children of the Comet. You know, I gave that one a nine and a quarter for crying out loud. Um, that was pretty darn high. Um, this hit all the right things. Like we said, like with the Delta stuff um, and, and like how we talked about this whole thing, like this was just a really, really good episode. Like all the shots were done well. The cinematography was well. We, I think we even had like a few practical effects every now and again. The way people worked together, communicated with one another, uh, relied on each other's, you know, you know, they were knowing and using the resources of the group. They were understanding the needs and characteristics of the group, all that fun stuff. There was just really, really good stuff going. And um, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I am, I'm going to go just to be different and to be weird. I'm going with a 9.65 on this. I really like this episode. Yeah, how about that? Two decimal places. Crazy. Two decimal places. Boom. So insane. I have, I have. All right. So uh, we had um, we had the two lieutenant commanders. Eric gave it a nine point two. David gave it a nine four, and I gave it a nine point six five, which gives our overall episode rating a nine point four one or nine point four two. How about that? Which. Has anyone has anyone looked at any other like review places yet to see how other folks are, are rating this episode? Uh, it's got an eight point five on IMDb right now. Ooh. Wow. Oh. Dang. But it was like it was when I when I woke up this morning it was like a nine point oh, you know, just the first few ones. And it's you know, slightly come normalized since then. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. Well, before we get out of here, let's uh, let's talk about about um, something a little bit more important. Let's talk about good old Twitter poll. So, um, as as usual, guys, uh, everyone in listener land, you know, I do this thing. I ask people in, in the Twitterverse very important questions about Star Trek and Star Trek related polls. And uh, this is what I asked him this go around. So, which Enterprise commander, I should have said commanding officer, but which Enterprise commander would be most likely to win a round of putt putt golf? <laughs> the look I'm getting from Eric, I love so much. Like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? You did, you did start out earlier by saying I'm going to have that reaction. I did. I did. So you can't say I didn't warn you. So yeah, which Enterprise commander would be most likely to win a round of putt-putt golf? And the choices were Robert April, Christopher Pike, James T. Kirk, Will Decker. Well, James T. Kirk has no patience for putt-putt. That's, that's, I'm throwing that one right out there. But he could change the conditions of the game, for all you know. I feel like Willard Decker is going to finish in fourth place. Okay. All right. Um, I think I think I I think I'm going to go with Captain Pike here. 
Okay, you're going Pike. How about you, David? I think that's, I think that's the answer. Well, I mean, that could be the answer, but I'm going to go with James T. Kirk because he doesn't believe in a no-win situation. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's like he just has like anti-gravity balls. <laughs> he, he just yes, he does. Just, <laughs> wow, wow, Chase! I didn't want to go there. <laughs> Let's go to the results, everyone. Let's go to the results. Okay, so which Enterprise commander would be most likely to win a round of putt putt golf? Coming in in fourth place, fourth place with seven point seven percent of the vote. Robert April. Okay, coming in in third place with 23.1% of the vote. James T. Kirk. All right, this poll's invalid. I of demand a recount. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Wow. Wow, Chase. Okay, this... So, the top two were pretty close in terms of, like, percents. Like, it was kind of... Like, I'm looking at them like, this is... It could have been anyone's game when it comes to this. Second place with 30.8%, which means our winner had 38.5%. 30.8% for second place goes to our boy Decker, which means Captain Pike is most likely to win a round of putt-putt with 38.5% of the vote. It surprises me that Decker finished so high, but I was Yeah, right. seriously. I don't know. Maybe it's like his boyish good looks. You know, like, I can trust him to win a game of putt-putt for me. Or they mistook him for, like, Will Riker or something like that. Oh, it's possible. Will. <laughs> Wrong Will. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Well, that's it. That's that's the poll. That's the poll, everyone. We're 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 done with this this glorious episode of of you know this here strange new worlds and uh, we'll be back next time to talk talk more trek talk about um spock amok at least that's what i'm hoping the name of the episode is going to be because you know we have had episode names released and it was like a total lie like they tricked us those tricksy little hobbits is just saying you know what i'm talking about i think it was what discovery season three yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. all right everyone Guys, everyone, guys, thank you so much as always for for your um, your chit chat. Um, I want to uh, want to give David just a, a quick second because he's got some some stuff that's going to be coming out with his show uh, with contingency plans. So uh, why don't you put a plug in for your show, especially with Star Wars stuff being on the the rise coming up, basically. I I have a I have a podcast called the Contingency. It's everywhere, and it has Star Wars in it. Mm. It's it's not very entertaining, and nobody listens. Dad, but if dude. you if you <laughs> if you send in ten cents to Azel, Texas, today oh, you can support a podcaster just like me. <laughs> now we we do have a lot we do have a lot going up. I mean we we've kind of been rummaging through kind of a countdown to Kenobi here recently with. You know, the Kenobi comic released a week or two ago, Brotherhood, um, which is kind of a, an interesting uh, sort of very beginning of Clone Wars book uh, that just popped out. 
And um, I suppose around the same time this releases will probably be around the same time I release next episode where we will have our reaction to episode one and two of uh of kenobi which depending on how disney plus wants to work it might be dropping here in about eight minutes so (laughs) we'll see okay uh but yeah there's there's a lot of that going on and we'll be doing week to week uh rummaging through that series seeing if it's cool and then kind of waiting for the start of 2023 for the mandalorian which is going to come out in february and and andor and all that good sort of stuff, and then we'll the fill in in between. Back to 2023. February of 23, yeah. February 2023, yeah. Two years since it ended. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to get out the book of Boba Fett, Eric. You know, they just had to highlight that, you know? You mean Mandalorian season two and a half? Well, I mean, two two and a quarter. Let's not oh, okay. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, though. That, that's where it is. You can find, find it wherever you download podcasts. We, we're out cool yeah they got i mean i've said this before but they got great content that's coming out like i always enjoy their conversations about books and shows and comics and just general star wars stuff here and there so if you're looking for a star wars show go check them out go go give them some love um anyway um we'd love to know what y'all thought about this episode um did you rate it as high um, as we did what were your general thoughts opinions whatever uh for um for this particular episode uh, get in contact with us. Uh, check us out. We're on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can also open up hailing frequencies and um, uh, enter in coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Or you can send us a voice-only transmission at 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit before things start to explode. And we have to hide out in some kind of gaseous cloud, black hole thing. It's fine. Just please be quick about it so we don't, like, crush ourselves. Um, if you do want to mail us something, we would love to get some mail from you. Again, just make sure we're not just being, you know, targeted by the Gorn. Like, please don't shoot us out of the sky whenever you try and mail us a letter. Uh, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station safely. P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.